Yeah, this is the unflooded voice of your local announcer, Tom Fitzmaurice. Uh, but I have not been unflooded the entire time. In fact, yesterday, when I awakened at uh, 7 in the morning, we were completely flooded. Couldn't get out, and it was that way all day long till about 3 in the afternoon before I could get away. So uh, it was all over the place, and it was as bad as you might have heard because uh, in the, gee, let's see, how long have we been there? Uh, 20-something years since we moved to the uh, Cool Water Ranch on the North Shore. And we've had a few other days comparable to this, but uh, this is about the peak of it. There was water that had broken out of a, a nearby stream and went across the, the large lawn uh, by our across-the-street neighbor and just flooded right across her, her big field there. And uh, that's not something we ever see. So that was... As bad a deal as you may have heard, in case you weren't in the middle of it yourself. This is the food show, though. I mean, you know, we've been known to digress about all kinds of stuff on the uh, on the air here. But we'd love to hear from you about where you've been eating lately, what plans you have for New Year's Eve. Like uh, champagne at, on New Year's Eve is a classic. Are you drinking champagne? Uh, or you have a bottle of champagne set aside for this? What have you bought if you are in the situation of uh, having to supply the champagne for the toast that you will have to your to your spouse, to your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or whoever, or your friends, just your plain old friends, what do you have uh, planned for them, or what do you think they had planned for you, and what could you have if you got everything you wished for in the way of a champagne? Uh, I would uh, myself. You know, I'm going to have to think about that at first. I was about to just spurt something out. But there are uh, some uh, really wonderful champagnes out there. And then there are some that aren't even really champagne because they're not made in the Champagne District of France. Uh, so you shouldn't call it that, although a lot of people do. A lot of them say champagne right there on the label. The French guys are not happy about that. But, uh, uh, you know, 260-1870 is our number. Anything on your mind will work for me in terms of uh, a good reason to call us. Uh, if you have any reason at all, that's good enough. So, uh, to- I'm sorry, you told me, but I didn't catch. Toby. Toby, welcome to the food show. Hi. Hi there. This Come on Toby. in. I have a question. It's not about food, but it's about WSMB radio in the late okay. 60s. Yeah. I was wondering if you would remember the Larry Reagan show with the name Very of the well. song that the uh, name of the song that kicked off at midnight to 5 a.m. show. Yeah, uh, it was um, had it had a train reference in it, big train, I think, or something like that. Uh, you know, if you will keep listening to our show uh, for you know the next little while i'm going to remember the name of it it's not coming to me right away okay. but i know i know exactly a, a the song had, had a relative who lives out of town asked me that question and i had no clue i remember the the show yeah. and uh, the people but not yeah. the music just 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 it. keep listening and uh, i guarantee you the name of that song is going to appear in my mind cuz i'm a music guy too and uh, and i will I, I will i will announce it on the air all right. Thank or, yeah, somebody much. else. Yeah, thank you. Somebody else might call if you know what he's talking about. It was the theme music uh, for Larry, who had the all-night show and who had the uh, distinction of being the first host on New Orleans radio 
that did talk uh, segments where people would call in on the phone and he would put them on the air. That was totally a new thing in the 1960s. But that's a long time ago, and I wasn't on the station yet. I didn't show up until 1985. 2606368 is our telephone number. We uh, talk about food mostly around here. Big train. It had a, it was a, a reference to trains. That's that I do remember. And what was the guy's name? He was a composer. He was a big band uh, kind of guy. Uh, 2606368. Oh, whoop! I blew it for the first time today. I think. 260-1870 is our number. You see what happens there. Is a, a, during the week, Monday through Friday, I'm on a different station. Same show, but different station. Night Train. I was close. That's what I said the first time. Night Train. And the uh, I'll, I'll find out the composer in just a minute. But uh, just Lane is on the green phone. Lane, come on in. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Thanks for my call. Uh, thank you for calling. Um, my parents, um, having some friends in town and invited me as well. Um, going to Costa Borrego, Must seeing if you Michael have any Kirk. recommendations. Costa Borrego? It's, uh, Borrego Co- in Central yeah. City, I believe. Yeah, it is in Central City. It is in kind of a mostly Mexican restaurant, but, th- uh, the chef there is really a brilliant guy. Very, very well versed. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's him and his wife who run the place and they, right. Uh, have a very unusual menu. They have all the really grimace stuff. Like uh, there's there's one dish that I sort of use as a, a marker for a good Mexican restaurant, and that is mole poblano. Mole means sauce. Poblano is a right. reference to pueblo in in uh, Mexico, and what this is is a sauce made with uh, uh, with uh, various chili peppers with uh, sesame seeds, but most important, bittersweet chocolate. It sounds funny to have a chocolate syrup on top of usually chicken is what it usually goes with, although cheese enchiladas, it gets used for that a lot too. But that, to me, is one of the greatest flavors in the world. I I think it's a a sauce that's second only to them. So anyway, this is a very, very good restaurant, and and you're going to really like it. It's it's kind of a dumpy-looking place, but some people really like that look. So I I think you'll enjoy it. Tom, I'm going to say Tom Fitzmaurice recommended this dish. What would you get? I would doubt, without oh, even thinking okay. real hard, I would get the mole poblano for sure. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I, right. I have not yeah. hit a single dish over there that I wouldn't have again. It's it's a big, generous menu. Pablo, okay, got it. Mole poblano. Yeah. Got it. Mole poblano. All right, thank you, Tom. Yeah. All right, see ya. Yeah, Bye. I appreciate it. Bye. Thank you for calling. Today is the day when uh, the four calling birds arrive, according to the song. You know, actually... The original lyrics of the song were called for four collie birds. Not calling birds, but collie, C-O-L-L-Y. Funny word. It's a, an obsolete Britishism for blackbirds, uh, the kind we've heard about as uh, being baked in a pie. Never had them that way, uh, but here it's pretty good. Uh, and they did actually kill them and eat them, uh, blackbirds. I guess you could do that if you're going to eat pigeons, and I eat pigeons every chance I get. 
but I've, uh, you know, here it is pretty good. Uh, you go out for a Christmas tree. You, you have four colored lights. Your true love sends a simulated alligator walnut, and uh, you get four quarters of a muffaletta, all of these things that are, uh, arrive on the fourth day of Christmas. And somebody's on hold, but I didn't catch it. Danny, Danny, welcome to the food show. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm looking to bake a ham. What's the best way to bake a good ham? Well, I, having baked a ham just a couple of days ago, I'll tell you, I, I have a recipe that does this with a glaze made of root beer, mostly. And if I ever okay. become famous for a dish, it's going to be that one. Uh, and the way I do it is I, I take a can of root beer, of Bark's root beer, I put it in a, a little pan on top of the stove, and I bring it down to, or bring it up to a boil, and then I boil down a little bit. Also, I put in there some ginger, some uh, orange peel, some orange juice, uh, a, a, a hot sauce of one kind or another, but preferably something like um, pickup pepper. Pickup pepper okay. is a really good uh, thing to put in there. And then also some cinnamon. I usually use cinnamon sticks, but if you don't have any hanging around, just use the you know the stuff off the bottom. And uh, and then you you just let that cook down to the point where it gets a little on the thick side, almost like a syrup. And you coat the outside of the ham. You buy a whole ham. Uh, I don't know if you've bought it yet. Have you? No, I haven't bought it yet. Okay, go to the supermarket. Assuming you're in New Orleans. And any right. supermarket will have this Chassasi ham. This is a locally produced product. It's a fantastic product. It's also very affordable. Get the whole ham, what they call a VIP ham. You'll get it in the part where they do the deli slicing of everything. Make sure you don't. Uh, they don't put you down as getting the price, the price that you would get if it were all sliced for you. You want to get the whole ham. And it, it, they've been running. I've bought two in the last month. And they've been running right between five, 50 and uh, $60. Okay. Anyway, you take a sharp knife and you make cuts all the way around, top to bottom and side to side, all around. And, th and that way the, the uh, glaze can get into the ham a little bit. And then you cover it with some brown sugar, as much of it as you can get it to stick to the, to the ham. Put the whole thing in the oven at 400 degrees. Uh, for about an hour, and then lower it to 350 and let it go. It will take about four hours in the oven. Okay. But here's how you can tell it's, it's, it's there. If you stick a meat thermometer into the middle of it and you get a reading of about uh, 200 degrees, you're ready. Take it out, oh. let it cool before you start cutting it up, and then slice it up and serve it, and people will love it, even though when it comes out of the oven, it will have this very dark, almost black color and crusty, and it will seem like it's ruined. Everybody will love it. Even the kids love it. So uh, that's how I do it. All right. Sounds good to me. If you're looking for uh, a recipe, if you go to my website, nomenu.com, and click on recipe and then click on, you know, baked ham, you'll you'll find it there. It's really a pretty simple uh, recipe, but it's uh, it makes a big impact on people. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling. See you. It's the food show. Tom, another guy named Tom is here. Tom, this is Tom. Welcome. Oh, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Have, Come on in. I have decided. Uh, hey, Tom, there's something wrong with your phone. Can you beat it on something for a second? Yeah, I can't hear you. 
All right. All right. Call us, Tom. Call us back. You you, you just get a new uh, bad phone. All right. We'll be back with more of the food show after first. Please, this. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. We love talking about food. That's all we talk about, as a matter of fact, unless we can think of something else. <laughs> Our telephone number is 260-1870, 260-1870. And our program today is sponsored by Paran's Poor Boys. Paran's Poor Boys opened up in 1975. I remember driving in front of it. This wouldn't have been many days after they opened. And I saw Paran's Poor Boys, Poor Boys I love. I know that my Paran is my, my godfather. He's also my uncle, my late uncle. But my uncle uh, introduced me to something that I've always been, been uh, full of gratitude for. And that was that he gave me the first roast beef poor boy I ever ate in my life. And it rang a bell. I said, this is delicious. I want to eat as much of this as I can possibly do the rest of my life. And it just explored and exploded, too, in, uh, into a, an interest and a, a desire to, to tell you about food in general. So that's what Paran's Poor Boys has in common with me. Also, their original owner was a guy I went to high school with. Anyhow, on top of all that, they have an array of poor boy sandwiches there that's hard to believe. This is especially true of their location on Veterans Highway 3939 Veterans near Cleary. They also have other locations. One of them is a very handsome restaurant uh, just on West Esplanade, uh, not far from Williams Boulevard. And recently, they opened up their first uptown location. It's on Britannia Street near Upper Line. All of this is at Paran's Poor Boys, P-A-R-R-A-N apostrophe S. And uh, they're open every day except on Sunday at Paran's Poor Boys. 260-1870 is our telephone number. We are given over to Patrick on the phone here. Patrick, welcome. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? You're not in any flooding or anything, are you? Uh, no, it's kind of wet. I'm calling from Hattiesburg. Uh and I had a question. If you had some venison backstrap, what would you do with it? I would do with it the kinds of things I would do with a filet mignon. I, I okay. think I, I, I might or I might not marinate it overnight or maybe even a little longer than that. Uh, it depends on how much you like a gamey flavor in what you eat. This is uh, from deer meat, and deer meat is, you know, it's, it's a little... Uh, it's a little gamey. That's something personally that I love. So I wouldn't marinate it very long, if at all. And usually in red wine with some garlic chopped up in there and a few other things. Uh, but if you're, if the people who are going to be eating this are a little squeamish about eating things that don't taste like roast beef or something, uh, I would maybe do a little longer marinade. You could do it in the uh, in the refrigerator, you know, for about four days or so, even longer if you okay. want. Okay. And, then, and you and you would do a high sear, high sear, hard hitting, real high temperatures on an open grill. If you've got one, you could do it in a broiler underneath your the fire in your oven at home. Uh, okay. You know anything that'll get the job done. I would do it in one piece though, instead of you know cutting them into steaks or anything. And then you carve them up later. And if somebody sees that it's rarer than they want it to be, you know just cook it some more. I mean, big deal. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. it. Thank you very much. That's delicious eating there. 
See you later. You know you can use any sauce you would use for a filet mignon, like, for example, a cream sauce with peppercorns. Or Bernays sauce goes pretty well with that, especially if you put a lot of greens in it, a lot of herbs, green herbs. The food show is here, and here we are. So uh, call us, would you? We love talking with you about uh, eating, drinking, restaurants, and cooking and wine. Our program today is sponsored by Andrea's. Chef Andrea over at Andrea's. Uh, had a booked-out restaurant on Christmas Eve, packed to the rafters, and he was never able to uh, take any more people. He, he And that was a, a nice uh, thing to learn. But beyond that, he, uh, he was going to be there the whole day, and, and they did a huge business. And he tells me that they uh, are still rolling over for, uh, for New Year's Eve, live music the whole time with a guy who leads a, his own orchestra that he's very good Anyway, all of this at Andrea's 105, uh, you know, they're over there uh, in Metairie on uh, just across from Lakeside Mall. Stay tuned. More. Hello there. Welcome back. It's the food show. Every day we talk about food and wine and restaurants and cooking and all of that. Everything at all. And if you uh, care to join our conversation about it, you are more than welcome. Even if, even if you uh, feel like maybe that, Something you want to say or someone something you want to ask about is a, a stupid question or a, a or a silly question or you know any of these put downs that people put on themselves. Uh, we don't feel that way about it. Uh, if you have something that you think is interesting to you, it's probably interesting to a lot of other people too. So call us and we'd be very happy to put you on the air, especially if you have one particular piece of information that I um, per- personally. Uh, interested in because uh, I talk about this all the time. Uh, that is, if you went out to eat on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, or if you're planning on going out on New Year's Eve, would you call me because next year at this time, people are going to call me on the air and say, hey, where do I go for uh, uh, to have uh, dinner on Christmas Eve, you know? And the, uh, the answer to that is kind of hard to come by because a lot of restaurants are closed and a lot of them are marking their prices up, you know, things like that. Uh, and the only way I can gather all of that is to get on the phone for about half a year and call everybody to hear them tell me that they don't know yet. And uh, the only other way is to have people who have actually been to the restaurants give me a report on how it was this year because chances are it will be pretty much the same next year, too. So if you went out on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, call me and tell me where you went and how you liked it. 260-1870 is our telephone number. If you have anything else you want to bring up, some matter that has been troubling you, like earlier today I got an email from a guy who uh, wanted to know whether he was within his rights when he goes to a restaurant to ask for a table other than the one that the waiter or the uh, maitre d' well probably there's no maitre d' boy but the but the uh, greeter or the the host or the hostess uh, where they are brought to where he is brought to and he says you know I don't really like this table can I have that table am I okay to do that and then he admitted that most of the time whenever he did ask that question he was told Sure, of course, we can move you to this table. Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts about that, and has that ever bothered you? Anyway, that's a guy who called me and uh, emailed me, actually, and asked that question. The answer, in case you're wondering, is there are some reasons why a restaurant won't let you do that. One of them is that if the restaurant is completely full, obviously, where are you going to put you? 
But even if it's not completely full, there might be some empty tables, but those tables have been re, uh, reserved by people who called for reservations. And you can't have people calling with reservations in their pockets and show up and, and, and not be able to give them your table and if, because you gave it to somebody else who said, hey, I want that one. So that's another reason. Uh, he thought it might have something to do with the waiters and the tips that they might get relative from, from one table to another. But that's not it either because most restaurants these days – Split all of the tips. Some of them do it on a one-by-one basis. But most of them, uh, the waiters and uh, the uh, owners of the restaurants alike find that they get better uh, outcome from that than if they just did it one at a time. So that's, that has nothing to do with it. Anyway, the, the answer is you can do it if they have the tables. And if they don't have the tables, you can't do it. So that's that. Arthur steps up and joins us over here on our green phone. Arthur. Mr. Pittsmorris, how are you today, uh, sir? Mr. Arthur, I am just swell. Um, the only reason why I called today, sir, was to thank you for your excellent guidance uh, through the restaurants of New Orleans. Uh, I've, I've really taken your advice several times and never been disappointed. Oh, and I you. really enjoy your show and the information that I get on it. I look, I look forward to it every week. I don't, I don't listen to you on the other channel. I'm sorry. I only listen to you on WWL. But uh, I do look forward to it. And thanks again very much, and God bless you and your family. Oh, thank you. That's the whole program? I guess I guess, I guess it must be. Well, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Steve is over here on our black phone. Well, where did we get a black phone? Uh, Steve, hi. Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great. Come on in. Hey, I just got a quick question. Do you know if any place that I could get either – prepared turtle soup or maybe even frozen turtle soup well any restaurant that serves turtle soup if you were to go over there and said could i possibly get a quart or a gallon of turtle soup from you they'll they'll charge you for it of course and Mm -hmm. most restaurants will do that now i would give them a day or two to make sure they have enough for their own purposes uh i'll tell you one restaurant that i would check into right away especially if you live in metairie uh, there's a place on Metairie Road at Codifer called Porter and Luke. They have, I won't say it's the best turtle soup in town, but it's one of the best. I would say in the top five. I get it every time I go there. And because it's a pretty big restaurant and they do a lot of, you know, basic business, I'll bet you, particularly if you gave them a day or so warning, uh, that they would sell it to you. And then if you wanted to freeze it, just freeze it. I was hoping maybe, you know, you go to, like, Rouse's and you have, like, a John Fols line where he's got, you know, gumbo and eight to phase. And, but I cannot find any type of turtle soup. Yeah, turtle meat is hard to come by. And the price they'd have to charge would probably not have it selling. Mm-hmm. Also, it's, it's a dish that is not liked by everybody. My little sister, for example, just can't stand the smell of it, the thought of it even. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a harder sell than gumbo. And uh, not only that, but my feeling is that uh, if you were to, you know, freeze it or hold it for too long or do add the kind of ingredients that mass uh, sale items have in them, you know, the, the worst part of putting a sh- uh, <clears throat> uh, in something like what you're talking about, like a pre-made gumbo in a big jar and put it on the shelf in a in a restaurant uh, in a uh, supermarket rather 
that is not going to be a good product, particularly because right. they, uh, you know, they use all sorts of preservatives and things. I, I, I know because uh, a couple of years ago I wanted to do the, the uh, marinade that I make into this uh, uh, turtle, uh, excuse me, uh, my uh, my ham, my uh, root beer glazed ham. I was going to, you know, package the the, the glaze. And uh, went to a couple of guys I know who are in that business, and they said, well, you know, we're going to have to change it a lot. I said, well, what's the point of that? <laughs> I said, yeah. And he says, and you really can't get it out there unless you you sell a whole, whole lot of it. And I have a feeling that gum uh, that uh, turtle soup might not uh, be that okay. strong. Uh, I can tell you this. Uh, Commander's Palace did sell theirs for a long time, and for all I know, they might still be having it. Uh, that one is certainly one of the best ones. Okay. All right, Tom, I appreciate your advice. Thank you. See ya. Thank you. The, it's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris, 260-6368. We will uh, take a pause here, and we'll come back in just a moment after first please this. Hello there. Welcome back. It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. We're getting busy today. Let's see. Lewis is here. Lewis, welcome. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You're, I love your show. Thank it's you. so informative. I yes, I got a question about um, champagne. I usually... Um, I have lately, whenever it's a special occasion, I'll get a Moet, Shandon White Star. Oh, that's a classic. And, it's a little bit sweet, just a little bit sweet, and that's what people like about it. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I found it a little bit sweet as well. Um, I've had a Perrier Jouet a little bit, and um, I didn't think that that was a sweet. It's a little more pricey, but um, what would you think? say for a little drier champagne in the uh, price range of the Moet? Uh, let's see. Uh, I find that uh, the the one that uh, – my favorite one that's very dry is uh, is actually uh, the uh, – oh, gosh, the, the name of it escapes me at the moment. Uh, um, okay. I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. Here I am. You're telling me how smart I am, and I'm sounding like a dentist. But, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, I, I don't have a good answer for you right at this second. I, I tend to uh, to prefer. Uh, uh, yeah, keep listening in it, and it'll pop in in my head in the next few minutes. <laughs> okay, and then <laughs> okay, and then and if, if if how about this? And um, maybe don't this uh, be. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Never, never mind. Go ahead. I was going to say, what about just uh, more uh, an idea of an inexpensive champagne that you think is just a good quality? Well, you know, they in all general. come in. They all come in at about the same price. Uh, you know, ten dollars one way or the other for your basic champagnes. I've always uh, uh, grand the grand dame. I, I just have always had a, a nice feeling for that. Uh, that's okay. that's one of my favorites, but the uh, gosh, there's so many of them. Uh, okay. You know what? Let's let's. You know what we we ought to do about this? Let's ask for a poll of our listeners and see what people come out there with there, and then I'll from having the, the list in front of me, then I'll be able to give you a something in halfway intelligent for uh, for this your question. Uh, uh, Linda is here. Linda, welcome to the food show. What's your favorite champagne? I don't Linda. like champagne. You don't <laughs> like champagne. Okay, well. Uh, no. Yeah. I like well. my Merlot. No, I well, don't care. Well, fair enough. But I'm, I'm, I'm calling about the man they called about turtle soup. Yeah. And I can tell him the best place in Metairie 
they outdo Commander's Palace is Mr. Ed's restaurant at 1001 Live Oak. The turtle yeah, soup is fantastic. It, it's yeah. the best I've ever tasted. Yeah, he makes a really good one and uh, at his other restaurants, too. He has uh, Mr. Ed has Mr. Ed's Oyster Bar and Fish uh, House. I think he has five of those around the city now. And then there's, there's the original Mr. Ed's in Bucktown, pretty close to Bucktown. And there's also one That's in That's the one I go to at 1001 yeah. Lago. Yeah. To well, get I, I would agree with you, but the guy wanted to get some that's in a jar or a can or something so he doesn't have to actually cook it. Uh, oh, but I, I guess you could you I, could just go to the restaurant and get it, but you'd, you'd have to call him ahead of time if you wanted like a gallon of it. Uh, right, right. Most restaurants don't keep that much around it, although they might. I know some of them. Well, now I, yeah. now I think yeah. I'm going to get my, I'm going to go take a ride and go get me some turtle soup. Oh, I, tell him I said Talking hello. Talking about it's making there. me hungry. <clears throat> Isn't that funny how that happens? That's the whole idea behind uh, behind this show is to inflict that on you. We'll be back with more of the food show in a moment after. First, please, hello there. Welcome back. It's the food show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. It's great to be here with you talking about food, restaurants, cooking, and wine. All right, here's what I did. To jog my memory, which is getting more devious as time goes on, uh, I brought up a list of champagnes, uh, and uh, having that in front of me, I was easily able to tell you the ones that I I really like uh, the most. Uh, I think, you know, I think my favorite may be, and this would fit in that category of a fairly dry champagne, Laurent Perrier. This is L-A-U-R-E-N-T hyphen P-E-R-R-I-E-R-S, not to be confused with the other shape, uh, uh, the, the one that has the paintings on the sides of the bottles. Laurent Perrier, Grand Siècle, means the great century. And that I find to be uh, just a wonderful champagne. It's just got the, the kind of crispness that I'm looking for in a champagne. Uh, Dom Perignon, also I would put in that category, but everybody seems to think about that as a super expensive uh, champagne. Duval Le Roi, Cuvée Fomme, F-E-M-M-E. That is one that's quite popular around New Orleans, mainly because the guy who was selling it wholesale some years ago, and for all I know, he might still be doing it, uh, he was so uh, insistent that every restaurant in town had that on their list that it is still, to this day, on a lot of lists. That's, that's a good one. Uh, Cuvée Femme, the blend of, of a woman is what, what that means. I have no idea what that means. So anyway, what's your favorite champagne? Tell me about that. 260-63. Oops, 260-1870. Sorry, I keep doing that. Our program today is sponsored uh, by New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood Company. New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood Company is pretty self-descriptive, except that uh, in the minds of a lot of people, uh, the hamburger kind of, you know, has a low roof. Uh, it is something that you top out on pretty quickly. And maybe that's true, but I think it's also a mistake to say that there is no such thing as a uh, as a gourmet hamburger. I think it is very uh, much a reality, and we're getting more and more of it all the time. And when they first opened back in the 1980s, New Orleans um, Hamburger and Seafood Company, they were taking the burger up to a new height. They were uh, way beyond the fast food burgers. 
which are responsible for making burgers go down the pipe for a long time anyway. And when they did that, uh, they saw the effect it had. And as time has gone by, they have improved their burgers day after day for all this time. And uh, it's at a, at a peak now. I'll tell you exactly what I think is the big change that they've made. That is, they have a much hotter grill than they used to have. And that put a little crusty quality on the outside of the burgers, which, for my money, you pair that up with a, with a uh, nice, juicy interior, you've got a great hamburger. You've got a gourmet burger. And they even have one on their menu that they call a gourmet hamburger. Try that one. I think you'll be very pleased by it. And by the way, it doesn't get to be what it is because they add bacon or anything, because bacon doesn't go with burgers to begin with. Uh, they're smart enough to know that over there at New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood Company. And I'll tell you about the seafood a little later. Did you say Don was on the Okay, Don, welcome to the food show. Good afternoon, Don. Hi there. Come on in. Uh, I just, uh, for my money, uh, my favorite brute champagne is Tabagé. Yeah, that's a winner. I've, uh, that's the most expensive one I have in my collection because it was one of those uh, art, artist uh, series that uh. they put out years ago. And it, not long after, it went uh, at an auction for $17,000. Wow. My, my, da- my daughter was fascinated by that and wondered why I didn't just cash it in right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how they think. Well, uh, thanks for calling. We have come to the end of this hour, but we have another whole hour to uh, to fool around with. Next on the food show, uh, during the news, I'm going to make up a list of some less expensive champagnes I think you will like. I just can't keep it straight in my mind without having something to pick from. WWL Radio, New Orleans, WWL FM, HD1, Kenner, New Orleans, 